welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. We will uh, hear from our fourth gospel, one we called John, and like last week, there's a debated ending. So Mark, we talked about that last week, the different endings. John, most people think 20 is actually the last chapter. 21 was added later. And if you hear the last line of what we'll read today, it'll make sense. It's nice, wraps it up, and it ends the book like it begins. And the beginning was the proclamation that the Word was in the beginning. And with God and was God and Christ was the Word and flesh. And at the end, we will hear the proclamation, the only other time, that Jesus is God, and all of this is that we might have life in his name. And so I invite you to hear the ending, hear a familiar story, and then we'll try to unpack it in a way that may seem unfamiliar, but hopefully give it a fresh expression. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors, because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. Thomas, the one called Didymus, one of the twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, unless I see the nail marks in his hand, put my finger in the wounds left by the nails, and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. After eight days, his disciples were again in a house, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. No more disbelief. Believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, my Lord and my God, Jesus replied, do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. Then Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence, signs that aren't recorded in this scroll. But these things are written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and that believing you will have life in his name. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Please pray for me. Lord, I thank you for your word, which speaks to us, which connects our hearts to you. May your Holy Spirit work. Bless what has been prepared, that you may speak through me in spite of me. That your Holy Spirit may be present among us to bless our hearing, that what we hear may be you, in spite of ourselves. And Lord, all that is spoken and heard and embodied and carried forward 
may it all be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. You and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. I got the privilege of being face-to-face, well, Zoom, right? That's face-to-face in 2020 and 2021 with the bishop yesterday, Bishop Julius Trimble. And in a meeting, he shared a quote from Maya Angelou that I just thought was perfect in preparation for what I had prepared for today. And the quote is, fear and hope cannot reside in the same space. They cannot occupy the same space. Invite one to remain. It's a truth and an empowering, comforting invitation. It's up to us. Amen? And in the same way in this story, we have a wrestling between unbelief and peace. And so you, you've probably heard a bit of this story or at least know the name Thomas. You might call him Doubting Thomas. I call him Thomas the Proclaimer. In our Western thought, we like to hold the individual person at, at a higher elevation. We, we hold it very sacred. And so we like to single in on Thomas and hold him up as the epitome of what a disciple is not. And so he gets the name Doubting Thomas. Poor Thomas. Can't even defend himself. But I invite you to hear the story a little differently. Because in this ending, there's a repetition, something that keeps happening, and, and an invitation to receive peace that keeps occurring. And it's as if we need to hear this more than once, if you follow how the writing goes. And so we find on the morning, or the, the this Easter morning had been that morning, Mary Magdalene had seen the risen Christ and had been commissioned to go and testify and witness to the disciples. She was the first apostle. They didn't believe her, did they? They thought she was crazy. She lost her mind. And so we find them in the evening, the same day, huddled behind a locked door, afraid of what? We're not sure. We can guess. Maybe they'll suffer the same fate as Jesus if they're recognized by the authorities, the people that had been corrupt and, and had Jesus killed. It could be that, well, now that Jesus' body is missing, maybe they'll blame them for taking it. Or maybe it's just because a week earlier they had come into Jerusalem with Jesus being hailed as the king, and five days later he was killed. And so everything they'd committed their lives to, how they thought things were going to happen, was upended and turned upside down. And what do you do next? Where do you go? What does it mean? So there they are behind the locked doors. Thomas is not with them. We find out later. Jesus comes in and stands among them. How did Jesus get through the door? One of these mysteries. He's physical, but yet more than. And he offers them a greeting. Now, there's a traditional Jewish blessing of peace. That you hold your hand up like this. Have you seen this before? The first letter in the word shalom is a sheen. And it kind of looks like a W with a little extra line. And so this, would, this is a Jewish blessing. And you might wish that as long as someone lives, as long as they have breath, may it be a prosperous and full life. Now, of course, we know this because of a Jewish man named Leonard Nimoy who brought it and snuck it and smuggled it into Star Trek and changed the blessing to live long and prosper, right? It's not Vulcan. It's Jewish. So I wonder, did, Jewish, or did, Jews, did Jesus come in and offer a Jewish greeting? Peace be with you, is what he says. Peace. 
a number of things Jesus could have said. A few days prior, they all abandoned him. They didn't believe Mary, and here they are huddled. Jesus could have given them a lecture. In fact, we might expect that, right? Sometimes we picture Jesus that way, but instead we see another version of Jesus. Says, peace be with you. And then they get excited and joyful, maybe because when he possibly lifted up his hand, I'm just speculating on that, but if he had, they'd see his hand, realize who he was, and they start getting excited, and again, it's a peace be with you. Second, and this time, he breathes and gives them the Holy Spirit and gives them the power and the authority to go to the world as he had come to them. And what power is that? Well, he says, to go and forgive sins or retain them. That's your power now. That's a sermon for another day, and we will get to that. But we're going to go eight days later, another locked door of the disciples. Thomas is now with them, and he said, I'll have to have seen his hand. And so Jesus there appears again. Peace be with you. And this time seems that he says it to Thomas. And he invites Thomas. Thomas, look, touch, see. Notice that Thomas didn't touch him. It doesn't say that he touched him. He says, look, see, touch. And Thomas says, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus says, well, you believe because you see. And that's good, but how much more of a blessing will it be for those who don't see and believe? Well, let's back up a minute. Poor Thomas gets the brunt of the ridicule here. There's a locked door again eight days later. Eight days later, the disciples are behind another locked door, still afraid. Of what? Are they afraid of death? I mean, that's the ultimate weapon this world has, right? Death. And yet they know it's been conquered. So why are they afraid? Maybe they were just more comfortable behind a locked door. Can we identify with that? How many of you maybe get ready to go to bed and you think, did I lock the door? And you have to get up and go check or you're going to have trouble going to sleep. Anybody? All right, a couple. We like locked doors. They give us a sense of security, a human-made sense of peace. What is peace? That's the question. We like to think of peace as the absence of conflict, maybe. Shalom doesn't mean the absence of anything. It means the presence of a wholeness or completeness. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, we are complete. We are whole. We lack nothing. It's often used in reference to relationship. If we have peace with God, we have right relationship with God. It is a whole relationship. It is complete. It lacks nothing. If we have peace with each other, it's, we have a whole relationship with one another. We lack nothing. It's the presence of this peace. And Jesus has offered it three times. Not a lecture, but peace. Three times the disciples have struggled. They didn't listen to Mary. They're behind a locked door. They're behind another locked door. It's Thomas who proclaims when he sees the first time. We know eventually they go out beyond that locked door. But I think what we take from the story is that Jesus kept coming to them as they needed. Not to guilt them, but to offer peace. Do you picture Jesus this way? Do you trust in Jesus to come to you behind your locked doors? And maybe it's in your heart, or maybe it's in the way that we practice our faith, because if we're honest, 
we operate behind locked doors pretty well as people and as a church. Amen? Think about it. What are the two things you don't talk about at dinner? Religion and politics. How are those two things together and neither welcomed at the table? Maybe because they often look more alike than they should. Politics is a good thing. Politics means it's a collective group of people figuring out how to work together. That's not often how it's practiced. Amen? It's supposed to be together, and it ends up being divisive. Has religion suffered the same fate? Has it become more about dividing than working together and recognizing the peace that we can have with each other and with God? The good news is Jesus will keep transcending the locked doors. Jesus will come to you. You need to see, see. You need to touch, touch. Blessed are you if you don't need those things, but if you need them, I'm coming because our God is full of grace and our Jesus knows no boundaries, even the ones that we create. Jesus will come. So maybe you think, I don't know how to venture beyond the locked door. Well, eventually with the Holy Spirit, we will. And that's gonna look like peace, not maybe what we've often seen it look like, which has been more conflict. Because we receive peace from God we receive our faith and our belief, not so that we can become better judges, amen? Not so that we can become superior and be like James and John wanting to seat the, the high seats at the table. We aren't superior to anybody, not even people of other religions. That is not the kingdom Jesus brings. You wanna be great? You serve, right? You wanna truly thrive? Accept the peace of God. Embody the peace of God. Reflect the peace of God. And maybe you haven't found it yourself yet. Jesus is coming. Jesus will come through the locked door. And I hope you're ready. And when we're ready, I hope we start dreaming about what it would look like if we were a church. And I, I'm talking the big church, not picking on you all, because I'm part of it too. What would it look like if we were a church who lived on both sides of the door, bringing God's peace and forgiveness and fullness of life. Well, we have that power, don't we? Amen? This is Easter season. We tell the story and we live it. And so I invite you to think about where it is you need to receive the presence and the peace, where you need to shed the unbelief so that you can transcend the door yourself and be the body of the resurrected Christ. Amen? Amen. We thank you for joining us today, and it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.